Welcome to Gain That Tune. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Game That Tune, the video game music guessing game show, podcast show, video game show, where we get together. If you haven't, if you've never listened to the show before, first, shame on you. You should always be listening to this show. What we do is every week, the four of us get together. We pick a theme. We pick a game that fits that theme. We pick music from that game that fits that theme. We play the music from the game that fits that theme. And everybody tries to <laughs> guess the game. That from based on the music for the game that fits that theme. Uh, tonight, uh, unfortunately, we we found out that John Harrington is apparently a scroll, and we had to kick him the fuck out until we figure out what's going on with that. So he's <laughs> he's out for a little bit until we uh, figure out is he really John? Is he a scroll pretending to be John? We're not a hundred percent positive. We've called Captain Marvel. Unfortunately, it takes her a while to get over here because she's you know flying through the galaxy and all that. Uh, so I'm your host this week, John Regan. Joining us, we've got David Fleming. Say hey. Hey. We've got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. And we've got, substituting for John this week, our good friend, uh, Anthony. Anthony, say hey. Hey. So yeah, tonight I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Last week's winner was, I believe it was Jesse. Was he the winner? That's right. All right, good. <laughs> I really don't remember the show from week to week to week like John does. So, Jesse won, and last week, Jesse, what was that theme that you came up with for this week's episode? Uh, games with guns in them. Awesome. Something I forgot to do is John always explains how the previous week's winner picks the theme for the new week, so I should explain that. The previous winner picks the theme for the new week, in which case it's Jesse. <laughs> I love how you say something I forgot to explain was the previous week's winner picks the theme. So the previous week's win, like as soon as you announce that, you don't really need to explain it at that point. David, I love it when you say how I said that. <laughs> I can't, I'm not even gonna Johnny came one. Come on. <laughs> See, I think we got a pretty one forever. <laughs> I think we got a pretty good show lined up tonight. Um, and I think I think that's it. I think we're going to get this kicked off. Um, oh, although, you know what? John, as we were throwing him into that prison cell and getting him interrogated, he kept screaming, go listen to GTT Gems, like a lot. So I felt like I should relay that message to all you guys. I don't know if you got it from him, too. Um, but everybody, if you're not a Patreon or a patron on Patreon, whatever you call it, Go to our Patreon, join it. Go listen to the newest episodes of GT Gems. John put a lot of work into it. He loves it. And again, he's a sissy. He's not a scroll. And I think I think in that episode we could find out actually if he's a scroll or not. So we're getting into some uh, alternate reality game shit here on Game That Tune. This is this is like deep cuts into Game That Tune lore. Yeah. Like if you want the full story, you know. Sometimes yep. you go to the movies, you see the post credit scene, Game That Tune, you go to patreon.com slash game that tune, so you can get the full story here. ARG shit, that's what we're doing now, that's Oh man. <laughs> 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 Alright, so 
Without further ado, Johnny, kick us off. Okay. Game one.
So, originally, this game was intended to have five parts, or episodes, but only two were released. This would be the, presumably, final second episode. the trivia just one more time yeah uh yes um so originally this game was intended to have five parts or episodes but only two were released this is the second and presumably final episode bonus trivia nobody would expect me to have played this game (laughs) who's got their guesses Oh, it's not backwards, but... It, no, it, it's okay, not, it's so, not backwards for us, Anthony. Just hold it up. It's fine. It's okay, only backwards so for you. An- 
Anthony says gun. Sadly, incorrect. Um, yeah. Jesse and John Regan have the correct answer of Half-Life 2, Episode 2. Now, David, when I think of games that David plays, this is not one that ever appears on my list. Um, Explain yourself. No, it's not. At, well, at the same time, it's such in the zeitgeist that this is one of those games that everybody should probably play. And David follows under that category of everyone. <laughs> oh, see, for a second yeah. I thought you were going to say that, like, David was a mindless trend chaser and I was about to be really offended for a second. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, everybody plays this. I better do what everybody does. I played no, it, no. it was a long time ago. Yeah. So, I didn't quite remember the music. I remember watching my roommate play it quite a bit uh, when I was in college. But, honestly, I haven't actually played this game. So, um, here's the kind fun. of explanation to it. Um, eventually, after being a hardcore Nintendo fan and dipping into the PlayStation 2, I got myself an Xbox 360 there were a lot of like indie games that I wanted to play and there were some fighters that I wanted to play and as owning an Xbox 360 uh, there was a little game called the orange box and everyone said like oh you gotta get this you gotta play this you gotta get this like okay portal portal sounds like fun and portal is super fun and I yeah. almost went with that but the music is like it just didn't seem to fit the show. Uh, and then there was Half-Life 2. It's like, okay, everybody keeps praising this game. Let, let me go ahead and try this. Like, wait a minute. This game's fucking amazing. It yeah, if, if I remember this correctly, this, this was a game that really uh, introduced the concept of a very destructible environment. I think before this, most first-person shooters, like most things in the, in the environment, you know, like just sat there. And this is one of those games like, no, fucking, you can move, like, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gravity gun was great. Val, Val spent a lot of time and energy on a physics engine, and they made you aware of it. <laughs> um, that portal gun yeah, the, was fun, too. The, the moment I unlocked the gravity gun, Man. like, this is the single greatest weapon ever, because most people that I talked to later were like, oh, yeah, the gravity gun, you just pick up your enemies and throw them away, like fling them through the air like ragdolls. Like, yeah, that's fun, but I'm busy over here picking up, like, buzzsaws, and suddenly my gun shoots buzzsaw blades. Pretty dope. <laughs> oh, so oh, my gun you, shoots rockets. You said you oh, played my... Orange Box, right? So did you play any of the other games on Orange Box? Like, uh, I, played I believe Half-Life through... uh, Team Fortress is on there, right? Two? It, it was. I did not yeah. get into Team Fortress 2. It was mostly Portal and um, the Half-Life games. Mo mainly Episode 2, because um, I tried going in like, I'm going to start from the beginning and everything. And for some reason, the, the first one, it just, it, I couldn't get into it. Um, and then everybody kept praising Half-Life 2 Episode 2. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll give this a shot. It's like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm playing this, you know, mute Gordon Freeman guy. He's pretty cool. Alex Vance is here. Alex is amazing. I get the gravity gun. Like, this is pretty great. And I guess it's the, like, the formula of Half-Life, but that kind of, like, here's just a little path, just like a regular area that you go through. Okay, big giant shootout and everything. Clear through bad guys. 
here's a path. Navigate that to the next area. Okay. Like, I guess, again, that's how Half-Life works, but I don't know. It just somehow clicked to me in Episode 2. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Now, a question would... I have. Um, so you tried Team Fortress 2, right? Or were you talking about Team Fortress Classic, the first one? Or I got a little bit lost there. I'm not going to lie. I'm like three um, years in. I, I did not play Team Fortress 2. Okay. I, yeah. I played Portal, I played Half-Life Episode 2, and a little bit of, ha like, the first Half-Life 2. Okay, I gotcha. Because I made the mistake of uh, Team Fortress 2 got ported, Bugs. I think, to Linux at some point, or Mac OS. Like, it came out <laughs> on, like, a new platform, and I was still fucking stoked about it, and I got it. And by the time I got it, it had transformed from being this, like, crazy shooting game to like a hat collecting game that's my understanding of it like i came in oh, yeah. i fired up team fortress 2 and i was so stoked i went to multiplayer and everybody had these fucking crazy hats on like one guy had a uh 10 gallon hat that was like on fire and i was like i want that fucking hat how do i get this fucking hat and then i realized like this is how they get you this is how they get you and i don't i'm, I'm they're trying to make me spend like five thousand dollars on a fucking hat i'm not gonna do that <laughs> and and I and just quit like, while I was ahead. I, I look at Team Fortress 2 and I look at Overwatch and it's like, these, these look like first-person shooters that I would actually play because it's not just like generic army oh, man, guys running around shooting people. Like but most. like Every character has their own personality and abilities. It's like, I, I feel like this is something that I should be into. I just haven't quite gotten into it yet. One of my favorite parts of Half-Life 2 was uh, eventually you get this um, ability where you can control those, like, uh, monster things. Like, you have to, like, throw the, uh, it's like a, I guess it's like a piece of meat or something somewhere, and then they all go over there, and you can throw them at enemies, and then they just run over and swarm and fuck them up. And um, another cool thing was, like, not all the areas were just, you know, go, kill, go, kill. You, there's some, a lot of puzzle solving, especially with the gravity gun. You know, moving platforms around so you don't, like, step in the sand and whatnot. Yeah, there were a lot of, like, I was surprised how many, like, physics-based puzzles there were. I mean, again, they, they put a lot of work into their physics engine, so I shouldn't be surprised. But, like, there was that seesaw puzzle where you have to, like, balance a seesaw in order to make yeah. a platform to, like, rush up and everything. It's like, wow, I... Because, again, I don't play a ton of first-person shooters, so I remember, like, Goldeneye, and this is far more advanced than Goldeneye yeah. was. Well, okay, that that's called everything that came out after Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, I know, but <laughs> let's pretend for a second that I didn't play shit after Goldeneye. <laughs> now, were there any puzzles that you could solve with a gun? Like, was there any problems where the solution was guns? The gravity gun. Um, most of them. Awesome. I if like it could be solved, if it could be solved by a gun, it could be solved by a crowbar. Okay. All right. So I can, you know, I can live by that. Official game that tune seal of approval. <laughs> All problems can be solved with crowbars or guns. David Fleming, box, box, uh, pull quote. Sorry, God, I forgot the term for that. Oh, I like man. how you started to say box quote, and there's like, no, you know what? Fuck it. Pull quote. Whatever it's called, I don't know. Anyways, David. I also like that when you're in host mode, you have a pen in your hand constantly. It really helps. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why it helps, but it really helps. He also has a coffee mug uh, 
filled with uh, either coffee or just water, but he has a coffee mug there. Suddenly, I don't <laughs> feel like I'm on Game That Tune. I feel like I'm on that The Late Show with John Regan. Oh, okay, I'll take it. That's cool. <laughs> let, so, let me take this opportunity to uh, plug my new film coming out. Yeah, so David, tell us about the projects that you're working on right now. This is a great opportunity to plug MissRocket.com. Oh my god, yeah, do it. Yeah. Game two. No, so no, for real, plug your fucking, plug your fucking <laughs> does, comic. Does she fight anybody with guns? Um... <clears throat> other... Actually, now that I think about it, I don't know that she's ever fought anybody with guns. For anybody uh, listening who doesn't understand, um, I do create a superhero webcomic uh, that updates every Monday and Thursday. Um, and, yeah, honestly, I can't think of a time that she's fought somebody with guns. David, tell she's... us the name of your webcomic and the website we can look at it at. I'm sorry, I'm s- I'm <laughs> sitting here stuck on has yes, she fought somebody sure. with guns? Well, she... well, stay tuned for her next got... villain. Gun lady. The gun. Literally just a gun. Yeah. Um, no, uh, the since John is insisting, uh, the comic is The Adventures of Miss Rocket. You can find it at MissRocket.com. Uh, again, it updates every Monday and Thursday. Um, and she fights many villains, none of whom seem to have guns. Okay, something to think about in future episodes of Miss Rocket. I enjoy plugging Miss Rocket, I'm not gonna lie, but mostly because I run, or I, I help set up the tech for all that shit. Uh, <laughs> no, you, you run the website. That's really what it's getting to. Like, let's stroke Johnny's ego. Although I, I'm now realizing, like, shit, I have security updates I haven't done in a little bit. I should get on that. <laughs> so Uh-oh. please don't hack it. <laughs> please don't hack it. <laughs> please don't hack it. And also, Half-Life 2, Episode 2, fun game. Fun game. Yep. Good amount of guns. Guns are the solutions to problems. Sometimes guns are the cause of problems. I'm not sure. But let's go ahead and move this on to game two, Johnny. Okay. Game two.
Alright guys, so this game introduced a new mechanic to the series known as the Tactical Soul System. God damn it, John. Does anybody need that trivia again? Yes. No, I think we're good. Uh. <laughs> Anthony does. So this is the first game in the series to introduce the new tactical soul system. God, your trivia even says first game. Oh, oh shit. Well, whatever. I thought this would be harder, but apparently you guys know this fucking series. As Dude, the, in the chat, this, really listen to the first ass. like eight notes of the second song. Oh, I tell thought, me, like I did, I I knew what it was. I didn't think it was the most obvious, but that, yeah, that's on me. That's on me. Worst host ever. All right, Anthony, you got to get your thing on the screen like soon. Let's see here. We've got, uh, all right. So Anthony says Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow, which sadly is incorrect. Uh, David and Jesse both say Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, which is correct. Anthony, you're in the right series, just not the right game. But, you know, pretty close, pretty good. 
You know what? Anthony is a guest on our show tonight. He is filling in, and he does say Dawn of Sorrow, which is the direct sequel. You know what? Give him a point. Give us a hat trick. Okay. Hat trick. <laughs> nice. Point for Anthony. I mean, both games star Soma Cruz. Both are like metroidvania castlevania games on nintendo handhelds like if i remember aria of sorrow was the last castlevania on the gba dawn of sorrow was the first on the ds like it's a direct sequel it it fucking counts it's the same game (laughs) i mean i wouldn't say it's the same game if i remember dawn of sorrow featured like ice blocks you had to break with the touch screen because it was on the ds so you had to use the touch so of course there's a fucking gimmick but otherwise, like, yeah, it's the same basic fucking game. So, yeah, this was a fan request from uh, Silvernova on our Discord. By the way, if you want to join our Discord, go to GameThatTune.com. We've got a little row of icons for all our social shit on the top, and there's the Discord icon. Or over to the right, if you're on a computer, there's also a, uh, just a link that says, like, Discord. Click that, get on our Discord, you'll have a good time. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, this is Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. I, I played this on the Wii U. Oh, nice. I really enjoyed the story to this game. I really liked how this game is about um, you're a foreign exchange student, Soma Cruz. <laughs> you go to Japan. You go to watch a solar eclipse, and you get sucked into the eclipse, which I thought was really interesting. And that's apparently where Dracula's castle is, is in the eclipse. And then in the intro to the game... Uh, some like undead creatures come to attack like your the not she's not your girl not your friend but she's your girl who's a friend friend so like some kind of zombie looking or skeleton thing or whatever comes to attack her you defeat him you get his powers out of nowhere and this guy's like oh you have the power to absorb enemies powers now you're like what why he's like well just because you do <laughs> like it was a pretty good story just like ah, this is how it works you're like, oh okay it's Thursday, you know. Whatever. Yeah, that's just how. That's, have you never been in an eclipse before? This is what happens. <laughs> so I enjoy this because, like, an eclipse lasts, like, what? I think the like the totality of the eclipse is maybe like two minutes, and the overall process is maybe like thirty minutes. So this whole game is taking place like, like, pretty quick, and then. Oh, man. And but I was also amazed by how, as you defeat enemies, it's like. Every fucking enemy gives you powers. I thought this was going to be a Mega Man scenario where you beat a boss and you get his powers. Like, no, you beat a bat, you get the bat's powers. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's kind of awesome. So, Soma Cruz is like, he's not my favorite Castlevania protagonist, but he's like top three easily just because he cool. gets powers from everything. Yeah, like crazy so- weird, like water goblin or whatever they're called. Like, you get powers. You know, like, uh, there was, there was zombie soldiers. You get powers. Also, this game, I don't know how many other Castlevania games take place in the future, but this one takes place in the year 2035. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting, too, because I feel like, I mean, I, I, I'm not that familiar with the series, but don't most games take place, like, in the past? Usually, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a huge timeline, like, depending on where you are, because I know... Simon is in like the 14 or 1500s at some point god I forget which game it is but you do fight as like a barbarian Belmont in like the year 1100 who's like the first Belmont to fight Dracula um which is why that's why 
That's why Portrait of Ruin is one of my favorite games, because it takes place in, like, 1944, so it's, like, World War II era. Like, as the World War is going on in the background, you have to fuck up Dracula. Is that um, the um, kind of sequel to uh, Bloodlines? Uh, you know, I'll have to get back on you to you on that. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I know in, like, the real world, it was the sequel to Dawn of Sorrow, which was this game's sequel. Um, it was the second game on the DS. I know there was one in set in 1999, but yeah, I think like Aria of Sorrow, either Aria of Sorrow or Dawn of Sorrow, they really like blend together, are like the last canonical games within the Castlevania series because they take place in like the pseudo present and the pseudo distant future of, I guess, like 2035. Yeah, it's 2035 and they actually talk about 1999 being when Dracula was like ultimately defeated or ultimately destroyed, something like that, and they're trying to find his uh, latest reincarnation. And yeah, I thought this game was interesting because how many other Castlevania games have guns? That's, that was my first question. When when Silvernova requested this, it's like, there's a Castlevania gu- game with a gun? Tell me more. What is this? That's what threw me off because the music, the music was playing. I'm like... Castlevania doesn't have guns. What kind of... And I was like, wait, I've already used Contra Hardcore. It's not that weird thing. Uh, what the... And then I was like, oh, right. It's in the future. Yeah, the second I, I was I was reading about how, like, this game takes place inside an eclipse, my first thought was, like, did hit jam- hit, did hit, uh, Oh, shit. Who's the guy who did Metal Gear? Uh, Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima, did he do this Castlevania game? Like, what the fuck? What, what do you mean you're in an eclipse? Like, how do you even get inside of an eclipse? What the fuck is this? <laughs> this it is, is clearly the Kojima this, Castlevania game. This, uh, you know, um, Metroidvania-style game. I like a lot of them. But, uh, these ones are good, too. Sometimes. Yeah, I was, I was, I was enjoying how it's like everybody gives you powers. Like fuck it, like I'm like, okay, here's a bat, boom, boom, boom. Oh, I got bat powers now. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> like I guess that's how this game rolls. Everybody has powers. It's like Pokemon, but you have to kill things. Yeah, like a more, a more, a darker Pokemon. It's like the Dark I mean, Souls of Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, oh god. I mean, it's exactly like Pokemon. If Pokemon would stop being a pussy, like, oh, this, oh, this Weedle has whoa, fainted. Whoa. Bullshit. I killed that Weedle. <laughs> yes. It's like I used Hyper Beam against Caterpie. It fainted. No, it didn't. That fucker is dead. Yeah, That's good for you. Integrated. You were fucking up a Caterpie. I'm, I hope you're real proud of yourself, sir. Oh, excuse me, am, am I the only person who plays Pokemon games, gets their Pokemon to, like, level 89, and then goes back to the first region where you fight, like, level 2 Pokemon and just fuck them up for my own sense of, like, pride? So. Yeah, why would you do that? I feel like you might have some problems that you need to get I think we have a, made a horrible mistake on who the scroll is. I think we gotta oh, go shit. get John out, put David back in. I mean, go playing Pokemon games. That's a normal, regular human thing that, to do, no, right? That's, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I enjoy the, the Pokemon games. How about you, fellow humans? <laughs> but the, the hyper beam on the uh, Caterpie, a little alarming. 
Uh, what's not alarming is how good Castlevania games are. <laughs> so, this being the Castlevania game on Game Boy Advance, Johnny, tell us all about your, like, fond memories of playing this. Oh, man. Well, as you guys all know, I had, like, ten Game Boy Advances. Um, I was huge into the GBA scene. Guys, I've never played a Game Boy Advance game in my life. And oh my god, Johnny, uh, you need to play uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog port on Game Boy Advance. I've it's heard, terrible. I've heard that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> because I want your reaction to it. All right. Seriously, it's so bad. Tomorrow night, I'll stream myself playing Sonic the Hedgehog on Game Boy Advance. Oh my god. All right, Game That great. Two fans, you heard it here first. Tune into in any streaming platform. If this isn't a joke, I'm going to do it. So, does anybody else have anything interesting to say to, uh, about Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance? It's probably one of the best Game Boy Advance games. Oh, yeah, totally. All right, so check it out. Again, uh, Silver Nova on our Discord. Thank you for the request. We love getting requests. We will always take requests on our Discord. There's a whole channel dedicated to that. Or you can email us at gamethatune.com. And on that note, I'll move on to the next game. Game three.
So, you ready for a hint? Yes. Okay. Please. So, in a version of this game, you have two displays, a big one and a really tiny one. And the tiny one, um, you're pretty much zooming in on a spot on the big one. Jesse got it. Silent Scope. That's the correct answer. <laughs> nice. David wrote Virtual Cop 3, and uh, Johnny drew penises. Yep. Two penises. A big penis looking at the little penis to tie into the trivia. Oh, I see. <laughs> Zooming in, if you will, on the little penis. <laughs> so, um, I've never played the console version of this game. I've only actually played this game on the oh. arcade. But there is a console. Why would version. you play the console? Version? There is. I don't. I'm. Not, I'm not sure if there's actually like a, um, you know, like an attachment for um, the Xbox, um, which has like the trilogy of Silent Scope games because there's three of them. Did the Did the Xbox have its own like uh, Super Scope? I don't know. I didn't have an original Xbox. So, I have no idea. Never played it on that system. Well, well tell us your experience of play. So, which one of the series did you play in the arcade? One, two, or three? Um, the Actually, first before and you second answer that one. question... Okay. 
let me interrupt with another question. Um, what is Silent Scope? Oh, you've I've, never played Silent Scope? I've David? never heard of this series before. Oh, this game is sweet. Yeah, it's kind of cool. David, I mean Anthony, You're, tell David about Silent Scope. You, essentially, what you are is um, like a sniper that's trying to just like save the president. Um, and um, it actually takes place in Chicago. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, you are essentially a sniper, and you're shooting people that are, I guess, trying to assassinate the president. That's pretty much what what's happening in this game. Do they okay. integrate famous Chicago landmarks? Like, do you see the giant bean at any point? Um, I don't recall seeing the giant bean. But, um, like, buildings, yes. Recognizable buildings. So you so, have to, like, I think, shoot um, terrorists in front of... Well, the thing about this game is uh, there was a screen that you'd look at, like an arcade machine. Yeah. And everything would look far away. But um, you had, a, a like, a light gun with a scope on it, and so you would look at it and put your eye up onto the scope, and wherever the light gun was pointing, it would show you a zoomed-in view of what was on the screen in front of the gun. So, like, you were kind of, like, zooming in to, like... I don't know, it, I guess you could maybe say it was, like, augmented reality in a way, Johnny? Would that I would count? just I would call it a dual-screen game, right? Because the light gun okay. had... A, the light gun on the arcade had a screen in the scope, right? Yeah. I think that's how that worked. Yeah. Oh, so like it was that's kinda... actually really fucking cool. And, uh, I know it's like you were zooming into the game. There's certain levels where it's um, dark and you have to like look around in night vision, and um, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I remember seeing this in the arcade and thinking like this game looks kind of dope because. The, the arcade demo mode kind of gave you an idea of what would happen because the arcade demo would be showing like the regular view that people around you were seeing and they'd be like hey here's what you see through the scope like it would pop up on the screen you know kind of thing um, and when you watch somebody play it it was, it was really cool because you know other people could spectate and see the big screen of just like the zoomed out view and then to see guys like falling down because you're shooting them with your sniper scope like it was pretty pretty awesome yeah yeah that sounds amazing like okay light gun shooter set in chicago like all right i'm kind of interested but like the dual screen setup and like the sniper aspect to it like that that honestly sounds amazing yeah it was very unique for its time definitely it was it was one of those games that when you saw it you're like oh i gotta put some quarters in that thing yeah <laughs> which when did this game come out do we know Oh, must have, I think the first one must have been like the early to mid nineties because I remember seeing this at Aladdin's Castle in Kansas, uh, Florida. Ninety nine is when it came out. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, it was released in like yeah ninety nine. <laughs> I mean that that kind of seems like that weird period where like arcade games knew like all right nobody is going to arcades anymore. We got to do something fucking crazy to get people to spend quarters and like a dual screen sniper game. Sounds exactly like right up that alley. That yeah, yeah. that sounds amazing. Yeah, because you got to remember, 1999, the Dreamcast was out, right? 
So like, of course that's what you'd remember, Johnny. Yeah, so there's no fucking reason to go to the arcade anymore when you have the Dreamcast at home. <laughs> so they have to like up their ante to make the the arcade a place you want to go to. They've got to bring this out. This game will suck your dick. Yeah, yeah. they got to pull out all the stops. They gotta have that game with like the snowboard that you actually stand on a snowboard or stand on a pair of skis. Um, they gotta have the game with like a scope on it. You know, like everything has to have something that you just can't fucking do at home without spending a lot of fucking money. But yeah. Johnny, the year the Dreamcast came out, wasn't the arcade version of Street Fighter 2 better than the Dreamcast version? <laughs> What? No, the Dreamcast conversion of Street Fighter 2 was an arcade, was like a, a perfect port. What are you talking about? Get yeah, out here, that's David. why I put on like the very like generic robot voice to get you to like spout out that fact, which you love spouting out the moment anyone talks about the Dreamcast. Street Fighter 2 X for branching service on the Dreamcast was the best version of Street Fighter 2 ever ported to a home console, period. I did not make up the title, that's what it's called. It's so good. Well, because literally, like, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to hop on your Dreamcast soapbox. It's like, oh yeah, the Sega Dreamcast. You know, the Sega Dreamcast version of Street Fighter 2 is the only arcade perfect per port of that game. I don't, I, I don't think, have I said that before on the show? I feel like this is new for the show. No, but you've said that before and, like, it's off not, the show no, frequently. It's, it's not new to our friendship, right? But I think it's new to the show. Well, I so consider true. all of the listeners of our show friends of ours. <laughs> so, yeah. Alright, so Anthony, so how many... Give give me an estimate between zero and like $3,000. How much do you think you spent playing this at the arcade? Um... Probably... Like, I really hope he says $3,000. <laughs> 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 no, I'd say probably maybe like $100. Probably. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's a pretty oh, solid amount yeah, of spending but arcade it, Admittedly, I didn't play this in, when it first came out in 99, because I was playing the Dreamcast also in 1999. <laughs> so, yeah. Specifically, the arcade perfect port of Street Fighter 2. <laughs> I mean, who was it? Among other uh, great <laughs> Dreamcast games. Oh god, this is this show's way too weird without John here to shit on my Dreamcast. You guys are all, like praising the Dreamcast. I know, I love it's it. Well, right. it's great. I love the Dreamcast. No, Seriously, no. I, I, I want to find wrong. an arcade that has a, a version of this game because I mean, a sniper game set in Chicago. I'm obviously assuming that you're shooting terrorists in front of the Bean, on top of the Hancock Tower, <laughs> between the legs of Sue the T-Rex. Like, please tell me these are levels. I do uh, know there's a one. There's one during a, a football stadium. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like Soldier on. Field, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's pretty damn great. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, God, I, can I, you I, imagine a sniper game shot in Chicago where you're at like Wrigley Field shooting out players <laughs> during a game or something like that? Oh really, what God. we need is a, really what we need Jeez. is basically. All that we need to do is we need to get Silent Scope 4 and set it in, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What? Whoa. <laughs> Fuck you, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Fer Ferris Bueller's Day Off takes place in Chicago. Y'all know that, right? It, it like, does, but okay. would, would you be Very specific. But, like, are you trying to take out Cameron? Like, what's the goal of this game? No, you're just sitting there, like, in the red Ferrari driving around Chicago shooting terrorists. 
That sounds like an act of terrorism in and of itself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, as long as you're shooting terrorists, then it's counter-terrorism, and that's like a storied video game fine. thing. That's yeah. fine. That's what guns are all about. That's why we have guns. That's why we have the Second Amendment. So that any I mean, basically, moment, we're talking about, like, America the game, just set in yeah. Chicago and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, man. Exactly. <laughs> Official petition to make my man the America sound of it, the show. It basically is. So, I mean, Aquaman is American, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think yeah. he is. I mean, he's from Atlanta, right? Atlanta. Yeah. I was going to say, he belongs to the ocean, which covers 70% of the, the world's surface. So Velocit- basically, yeah, America. The lost city of Atlanta. So, Anthony, do you have anything else to say about uh, Silent Scope? Um, nope, it's really fun. That's it. All right, everybody go check out Science Scope, and I'm going to move this uh, show on to the next game. Game four.
Alright guys, so one of the available heads in the multiplayer character creator is actually that of Nintendo legend Shigeru Miyamoto. Alright gentlemen, who has an answer for me? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good about this. Oh no! Anthony says Jet Force Gemini, which unfortunately we've used on the show yeah. before. David and uh, Jesse both say Perfect Dark. This is Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64. Yeah, guys, tell me about this game while I go and update the scores. And also, I forgot to update the scores on the last game, so if you guys could remind me who... Who got the last game right? 
Um, in the last game, there was a stunning turn of events where I was awarded 20 points. <laughs> I don't Wait. think that's correct. <laughs> also, when you go to edit the show, keep that pit in. That's right, I don't think anybody got science scope in the last game, right? So, I got it. Jesse did. I, and you got it. I, I got Jesse it? Jesse did. You did, and I got it 20 times. No, I no, drew dicks. David picked virtual... Oh, that's right. You drew dicks. I got it right. You drew dicks, and David said virtual cop three. Okay. I mean, that's really kind of a microcosm of the show. Jesse got it right. David got it wrong. Johnny drew dicks. <laughs> so anyways, this is Perfect Dark for the Nintendo 64, a spiritual successor to GoldenEye 007, I believe. Kind of. Is it a spiritual successor, or is it not just a sequel to that game without the James Bond license? The dual wielding in that game is so fun. Mm. Yeah, my understanding is that this game, um, they wanted to make uh, a video game version of Tomorrow Never Dies, but they got outbid by EA, and so they dropped out and said, well, we'll just take all the ideas we have for Tomorrow Never Dies and just make a different game. I mean, it's... It's one of the weird things about like video game licensing because this is the sequel to GoldenEye 007 on the N64. It just doesn't feature James Bond at all. <laughs> and it has aliens in it. Oh my god, I forgot about the fucking aliens! Plus, if I remember this right, yeah, this game, awesome. it technically didn't require the memory pack, but I think you... Can only play like 30% of the of the game without the memory expansion pack installed in your Nintendo 64. Ah. Like you couldn't even play the single player campaign. You couldn't play multiplayer. All you could play is like a yeah. training session, yep. making this game basically a demo. Like go buy the fucking memory pack, come back to play this game. Yeah, a lot of games came with the memory pack though. No, there are only a handful that actually. Were, some games could use it um, as an optional feature, right? Like. The, uh, like, Rogue Squadron, if you had it, you could enable, like, a new high-res mode. Um, but yeah. only Handful truly required it. I think Majora's Mask needed it. Ma I think Majora's Mask definitely required it. And I remember because I got Majora's Mask as a Christmas present, and I was at my aunt and uncle's house. So I went to their N64 to play it, but they didn't have the memory pack, so I couldn't. So I had this brand new game, and I was fucked. And I think Donkey Kong 64 required it, and I, and I think that one came with one. If I remember this, I think it came with it because, like, the reason Donkey Kong 64 needed it. Yeah. No, so Star Fox 64. Uh, Star Fox 64 just came with the Rumble Pack. Um, That's right, the Rumble Pack. Yeah, the memory expansion, DK64 needed it, and I think the reason they included it was because, like, the only reason it needed it was because they fucked up. Like, they had some bug, and they just could not figure it out. But they knew that if you had the memory pack, like, the bug went away. So, like, fuck it, it needs the memory pack. <laughs> like, they <laughs> didn't plan on good. it. They just, it just happened that way. Oh, bugs. Okay, so I'm looking up details about this game just to, like, refresh my memory. And apparently Rare wanted to create a sister title that was, like, a pseudo-sequel called Velvet Dark based around Joanna Dark's sister, Velvet Dark, and that is the most stripper name I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> they did have uh, one on Xbox, didn't they? Perfect Dark Zero? Yeah. But um, in Perfect Dark, uh, in my experience, I 
had two favorite weapons. Uh, there was the briefcase mm. that turned into a turret. I love that one. Oh, the laptop and, gun. Fuck you. Yeah. That thing killed me every time. And then there was that sniper rifle that could shoot through walls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, God. And it looked like a swordfish or something? Yeah, it looked like a fucking swordfish. It was kind of stupid looking, but you could fuck people up shooting through walls. Yeah, I remember this game is all about the guns. Uh, so I went with this theme slash stole it from John before we called him a scroll. Uh, because this game is just all about guns. Like, it's guns, 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 left and right. Uh, because, like Anthony said earlier, you could dual-wield guns. And this also had the uh, concept of guns having an alternate firing mode. Because uh, the James Bond 007, like, a gun's a gun. Like, you shoot the shotgun, it's a shotgun, you're done. In this game, it's like, no, it's a laptop, now it's a turret. I'm sorry, briefcase. Yeah. It's a briefcase, now it's a turret. Like, everything had an alternate mode you could do. What was the... I'm going to have to look it up, because I remember there being, like, a ridiculous weapon. Because in GoldenEye, you could, if you, like, did a code, or if you pushed the buttons right, instead of, like, hitting somebody with the butt of a sniper rifle, you would whack them with a paintbrush. And I remember Perfect Dark having something like that, too. But I don't remember what it was. I don't remember the paintbrush. Oh, God, the paintbrush rings a bell. I can't remember if that was just like a glitch where you're placed a hand chop with a paintbrush. I think that was it. I though. mean, I think it was like a, a bug. I don't think it was like a feature. I mean, I don't know that it was a bug because it was obviously like something coded into the game. Well, but... yeah, but, but a bug in the sense of like, yeah, they had this paintbrush concept, but they said, fuck it, you know, and got rid of it, but they never deleted it. Just like that little island out in the middle of nowhere in the first level. Right? Yeah. And there's there's a bug where it's like, oh, I'm going to load the paintbrush by mistake. Like, I think it was kind of that kind of thing. I don't think it was a... Okay. Like a I remember bug there's bug. something being in Perfect Dark, but maybe I'm... Maybe they didn't have it. Because, yeah, I definitely remember, like, the RCP... It wasn't the RCP-90, because that's what was in Goldeneye. But there was, there was a, like, another RCP weapon in Perfect Dark. Definitely remember the laptop gun, and I definitely remember the Farsight, which was the sniper rifle that would shoot through walls, which, again, yeah. <laughs> I hated in multiplayer. You mean, you mean no, love. that's a dick move. Why does uh, that even exist? It is. It is. It's alien technology, I believe. Guns should not shoot. I mean, they can shoot through walls, I guess, if it's just, like, drywall. But, like, come on. That's, come, that's ridiculous. Well, and I remember, um, and I will only say this because he is currently in Skrull Prison and not able to defend himself. I remember playing this game with John Harrington, um, because we were playing GoldenEye. I was like, GoldenEye is the greatest first-person shooter ever. He's like, really? Let's play, uh, let's play Perfect Dark. It's kind of like the sequel everything. It's like, oh, this is going to be so much better. And the first thing he did was pick up the Farsight, and he just shot me, like, through walls. Like, where, where the fuck did that go? I... Fuck it, let's play Mario Kart. This game sucks. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, so, except, like, he lived on Anastasia Island, so it took me, like, two hours to walk home. <laughs> so did the far side actually let you see through the wall when you shoot, or was it just you had to, like, yeah, it was. It was, uh, like, um... It destroyed your vision a little bit. It kind of looked like of. the Predator's but, yeah, vision. It, yeah, like, he's everything gets dark and, like, wireframed. Oh, yeah. And, like, you can see the other person that are, like, highlighted, all the other people. But, yeah. 
That's amazing slash terrible. Like, I kind of, I love it and I hate it. Yeah, seeing through walls. Yeah, like, that's, God, like, I don't know. I'd, I'd be okay with a gun that lets you see through the wall, but you still have to, like, get around, like, not shoot through the wall, right? Like, maybe you can see through it, see where the other guy is, that's fine, but you still have to get to him. Just being able to see through the wall and shoot him through the wall, that that does sound really cheap to me. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of that idea. But Gotta keep moving. A briefcase <laughs> that turns into a turret. I love that idea. I tried to do that at home on my own. It really did not go well. The police <laughs> got involved and it was really kind of a mess. Do not recommend that was your first wife. <laughs> yeah, do not turn a briefcase into a turret. Well, I mean, you can turn a briefcase into a turret, but it's not going to shoot anything. Like, see all those, like, wires and gears? That's why your robot never worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So, yeah, Perfect Dark acquired the expansion pack. Lots of guns. Um, basically, if you didn't have the expansion pack, you were shit out of luck because this game, like, you can't really enjoy it without the expansion pack. Um,. Had these a multiplayer. I remember this game having uh, bots. I think they, they call them something else, like simulants or something like that, right? But like you could play multiplayer with up to four people and like up to eight bots, so you could have like a twelve-person-ish, you know, match going on on the oh, Nintendo cool. 64. Like that's kind of amazing. That's rad. Like I do not think that the, the Nintendo 64 could handle twelve things at the same time. <laughs> it couldn't, unless you had the expansion pack, okay, and then, yeah, like, the possibilities were endless. The possibilities were, were endless by whatever two megabytes gets you. <laughs> 64. <laughs> but see, that's there's a weird thing about Perfect Dark. Like, everybody talks about Perfect Dark like it's this great game, and it is, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> immediately people go to... I had more fun with Goldeneye. Like, for some reason, Goldeneye is stuck in people's memories. Like, Perfect Dark is objectively better, but everybody seems to like Goldeneye more. Yeah, I think Goldeneye was somewhat simpler. You couldn't shoot through walls. You couldn't <laughs> set up turrets. You know, the most dick thing you could do is, was throw out proximity mines, right? Yeah. yeah. Or possibly the Golden Gun. Like, if you, the Golden if you Gun, the golden right. gun was Goldeneye's dick move, but well, well, you couldn't shoot golden through guy, a wall. But the Golden Guy, you still have to see the guy. He had to get there. Yeah. You know. Not if you're Odd Job. If you're Odd Job, you just. Everyone's fucked. Oh, that's oh, true. That was always a house rule no Odd Job. Like, if you pick Odd Job, you're just getting the fuck out of my house. <laughs> that was always like. That was finding out your friend's true colors. Yeah. Like. Discovering that your friend is secretly racist, it's the same thing as discovering your friend picks a job in Goldeneye. Like, oh, Holy that's crap. the type of person you are. I mean, Fuck I was, you. I definitely was. Job. I was definitely that guy that always picked a job. I always went for him immediately. And then everyone yelled at me. I'd be like, too bad. I'm a job now. Deal with it. Yeah, that's true, because we always played at your house. So it's kind of like, what, what are you going to do? Kick me out of my own home? Yeah, this is where I live. Also, we're in middle school. You keep people off your house in middle school is not a thing you actually do. <laughs> we tried, though, damn it. David, go outside and make your mom pick you up. <laughs> Get out of my house. Man, I didn't always pick Jaws just because I liked the character. Yeah. I'm trying to... I think I picked um, Dr. Dope because his name was David. I always got a kick out of, I, I did the cheat to unlock like every possible player character, which included every single like NPC in that game. So I was, yeah, you could be, 
I'll go ahead, go ahead, you see. Yeah. You could be Baron Samadhi from fucking uh, Live and Let Die yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I was just really picking that or just like like rando, you know, enemy from like, you know, like the snow level or something. And of course, this game had like that big head mode. That cheat. The DK mode. You can make all their heads huge. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the only cheat that everybody knew because all you had to do was like run to the end of the um, airfield yep. level. Like beat the airfield in five minutes and the level only took like a minute and a half to beat. But yeah, that was, was Goldeneye and not Perfect Dark. It was, yeah, it was like beat the airfield <laughs> on the easy mode in five minutes. But anyways, Perfect Dark. Great game. So possible, possible hot take. I don't like big head mode. No, I don't either. I don't either. I prefer not to use it. But yeah, like but you know, when the heads are big, then you can get shot easier. But bigger just, targets. It looks so dumb in any game that has big head mode. Like it, like fucking. There's basketball games where they have big head mode. It's stupid. The new WWE game has big head mode. It looks stupid. Just I hate it. What do you guys think about big head mode? Um, Jesse, let me ask you a quick question. Now that you've expressed your opinions on big head mode, how do you feel about Funko Pop figures? <laughs> those I don't mind as much. I think those are kind of cool, like because you have a whole bunch of different IPs that fit in a universe together, and I mean, I think they're pretty cool as far as I don't collect them myself, but I always stop and look at them in stores to see which ones they have. Okay, just curious. For no reason in particular. Alright, so next week, David buys Jesse like 10 Popco <laughs> Popco Funk figures. Awesome. So, I'm going <laughs> to move on. Kenny Omega. I'm going to move on to the final game. Game 5.
According to the game's producer, the team never wants to tell kids they're being creative wrong. Therefore, the team allowed players to combine all parts freely, including having wings of the spacecraft placed upside down and even the guns facing backwards. see some answers hopefully correct ones let's see we got Johnny with Superman that's incorrect uh, Anthony draws a pretty pretty decent penis uh, I can't tell if it's peeing or ejaculating and uh, David has the correct answer with Starlink So this is Starlink, or as I like to call it, that game with Star Fox in it. 
And what what system was this for? Um, it's for all the systems. However, I believe the Switch version is superior because it has Star Fox and friends in it, and um, several Star Fox themed missions. And there's supposed to be a pretty big update later this month that's going to add even more Star Fox content. Nice. Yeah, is is Star Wolf coming or is he in the game now? <laughs> um, he's he, he's <laughs> I don't know. He's already in the game. From what I've played so far, um, you're actually looking for him. Okay. So, uh, because I know yeah. that was a big thing where they tease like you know Starlink with you know, you can buy the R wing and Star Fox and they had that cutscene of Star Wolf. It's like wait, so is Star Wolf in the game? Is he like an additional feature in the game? Can you play as him? Can you fight at him? Like you, you, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to fight him eventually. Um, okay, but but so this game is is, is uh, started out as a Toys to Life game. But I just heard recently that they're going to be not making any more toys for it. But they're still going to be supporting it digitally. And stuff. So, um, but with the toys, like you could uh, customize your ship. Like add wings to it, add weapons to it, uh, choose what pilot goes inside of it. And you could like switch the parts like on the fly. Um, which seemed pretty cool for a Toys to Life game. However, uh, I bought the digital version, which just gives you all the stuff in the game already. And so you can still switch your ships and stuff. You just have to go into menus and do it, which is fine, whatever. But um, So there is customization. There are s uh, six ships that you can use. Um, one of them is an R-Wing, so that's great. <laughs> um, nice. However, it's, it's, it's weird with all the different guns you can customize with. They do give you the choice to use the R-Wing blasters, but you can't use them with any other weapons, and it's just kind of... Like, That's the other weird. weapons... Yeah, it's weird. Like, the R-Wing blasters are cool, but it's only the two green ones, while otherwise you can have, like, cluster rockets that shoot ice and stuff, or, like, gravity well cannons, and it's like, hmm... Yeah, I love you, Star Fox, but let's give you some better weapons, you know? Hmm. <laughs> It seems weird that, like, if part of the, like, the shtick of this game is customizable and, like, upgradable weapons, that the Star Fox blasters are stuck in the standard green. Like, you can't upgrade them to the blue version from Star Fox 64? Yeah, I don't, I didn't really mess around with them too much, because once I saw that that's all they were, I was just like, uh. <laughs> um... But it's it's weird, like it's a it's a space game, but you go down to planets, and like you kind of like hover around on your ship. Um, all the planets are pretty big. I think you're in like a system with like eight planets, and you fly around in space. And there's asteroid belts, and pirates attack you. And it does the whole flying like from planet to planet, like going through the atmosphere and into space and stuff. Uh, better than No Man's Sky did when it first came out. Which is <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> hot take. Hot take. I don't think that's the most hot take I've ever heard, to be honest. I heard No it's Man's Sky really. wasn't very good. They, yeah, he Johnny, I said it, it so. Out. I love No Man's Sky. And it, from what I hear, it's gotten better and better and better the more 
he's gotten to work on it. Mm. But um, but yeah, this game is the Starlink for Switch is really it's really fun. Like you, it's an open world kind of game. So you, when you get on a planet, you can go and do a bunch of like missions for like the the locals on the planet, or you can keep doing the main story missions and and just go through that. And um, it's 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 one of those games that when you first you think it's just going to be eh. But it's actually, like, super fun. Like, it's definitely a, a game I would recommend on Switch. Um, especially if you can get the digital version. Because then you don't have to worry about a bunch of toys. Unless you want the toys. They do have... The toys that they have made are actually pretty cool looking. Um, the R-Wing definitely looks good enough to put it, like, on a shelf or something. Um, but, yeah. It, and, and also, one thing... I noticed is like yeah you're Star Fox and you show up and there's all these other characters that are in the, in the game but it Star Fox doesn't feel like completely like out of place because there's like other aliens and stuff in the galaxy and they all kind of look weird like there's like this cowboy plant dude um, who's pretty cool and uh, so it's like it's not unusual for there to be like three humans a weird plant dude and then a fox you know it's like, oh, it's just a fucking space game. So, yeah, there's an alien fox hanging out, you know? Yeah, I, I don't get, like... Because I've seen people say, like, Star Fox looks really out of place in all this. Like, have you never seen, like, Star Wars or an episode of Star Trek where they do, like, a pan across? Like, here's a bunch of normal people. Here's somebody who's blue. Here's somebody with, like, a weird thing on their head. Like, why couldn't there hey, be a fucking fox? Like, Hey, Johnny, uh, hot take. David thinks that blue people are not normal. <laughs> I'm not playing the hot tech sound. We've done that twice already. Oh man. Hot take for Johnny. <laughs> My man. No. Hot take. We have enough hot takes. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, Starlink. But I mean, like, Jesse, I definitely see your point. Like, I don't understand how Star Fox could be considered out of place for, like, a space game featuring multiple alien races. Yeah, I mean, if the art style was, like, like shockingly different or something, maybe. But no, they, they just, they look like aliens from, you know, maybe not that quadrant of the galaxy, but they could still definitely mingle with these guys, you know? No, definitely. We, um... We need to have more mingling with different aliens and species, and, like, everyone should band together, despite your race, creed, color, background, whatnot. We should all come together. Oh, and, uh, all the pilots have, like, special abilities, and basically foxes, as he just calls, uh, the rest of Fox team to come help and attack whatever you're fighting. So, for, like, a minute, you'll have Falco and Peppy and Slippy... You know, talking back and forth and shooting the enemies and stuff, which is pretty cool. That actually does sound pretty great. And especially, yeah. like, very in-character. Like, I can't imagine what Fox's special ability would be other than summon the rest of Team Star Fox. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, um... And, like, you can uh, combo your weapons together. Like, you could have a... Um, like, a gravity well cannon... And then, like, a, a fire weapon, and it'll turn your gravity well into, like, an inferno well and stuff. And so you'll do, like, even more damage and mess with, like, elemental damage and whatnot. 
and there's a lot of like exploring and stuff and there's a bunch of like alien life forms that you can just like fly around and scan just for you know your codex or whatever <laughs> and it's kind of I guess you could attack them too I I just didn't have the urge to just start unleashing hell on this like friendly dinosaur looking creature but I'm sure you probably could <laughs> oh nice well guys um, is there anything else to say here about Starlink should we move on to the uh, calculating computer I think we should move on all right Calculating computer activated. Computers. Beeps. Space. Boops. Scoring complete. This game's winner is... David Fleming. Hey! I'm the only person who uploaded bonus music, aren't I? Well, Jesse won last week. He got the most points, but he can't win two weeks in a row. That's against our rules. So, David, you have the second most points, so you win. Alright, sweet. Alright, guys, well, this has been a great game tonight. Um, I have a hard time remembering what our usual end of the show process is. Uh, David, since you won, you get to pick next week's theme. What is uh, the theme for next week? Okay, so yeah, generally, uh, theme for next week is up there. Um, thanking fans and Patreon backers is up there. And then, you know, copyright to the game so we don't get sued and have the episode taken down. So, um, my game, as well as Jesse's game, uh, and Johnny, your game as well, we had a lot of games featuring, like, aliens coming out, and, um, that got me, rather than looking around at us, but looking to the stars. So, I'm thinking our theme should be games that take place not on Earth. Either a different planet, another dimension, just anything that is not recognizably Earth. Okay. That sounds pretty good. I th I'm thinking of a few games already that sound like that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. I think it could be, I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, pretty good thing, pretty good idea. Games not on this planet that we call Earth. Alright. So let's see here. Um, first of all... If you're not listening to our podcast version of the show, you should absolutely check it out. We're on every fucking podcast service. We're on Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Just go to whatever you use for podcasts, type in Game That Tune, you'll find us. If you don't listen to podcasts for some reason, go to GameThatTune.com and you can listen to our podcast there. But also on GameThatTune.com, we have links to our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, our Facebook uh, page. Um, you can watch us live every week, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, on all those things, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube. We also have a link to our Discord server, which is pretty fun. You can chat along with us during the show there. Um, there's a link on our, on our website. Uh, let's see, what else is there? We have a Patreon. You should check out patreon.com slash tune. If you give us money, you get access to interesting things like John's latest GTT gems that he just put out. I haven't listened to it yet, but Jesse, I think, has listened to it. He told me it was very, very, very good. Uh, it's a it's a great mixtape. It covers games from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. And a little bit of games from today, just a little bit. And also over on YouTube.com, we have a 24-7 streaming video game music channel, uh, which I put a good amount of work into at the beginning. Although, I'll, I'll admit lately... John, David, and Jesse have really taken the helm of uploading new music and putting in new gifts and things like that, and they've really upped this shit to the next level. So, check that out. I would like to give a special thank, uh, special 
Take out a special, a special shout out to our Patreon super fan tier producers Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Barbara Stevens. You guys are fucking kick ass. You're the best. So I think that's our usual end of show wrap up. Uh, so, David, since you won, you get a bonus Twitter handle. Oh, Twitter handles. I am so sorry. So, you can find me on Twitter at JPRegan.jr. Uh, you can find Jesse on Twitter at Sega underscore legend. Anthony, are you on Twitter? Can people find you on Twitter? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, Deus8, D-E-Y-I-S-8. D-E-Y-I-S-8. And then mm-hmm. tonight's winner, David Fleming. You are on Twitter at DFD Fleming. All right, David. So I think I've flubbed my way kind of half-assedly through the hosting duties at the end of the show. God, I am so not used to this. Like, I, I hope John's not a scroll because we need John to come back and handle this shit because I am very fucking not good at it. Uh, David. John, you, you, you did a magnificent job of half-assing your way through this ending. Did I? David, what is your bonus tunes this week? Uh, so keeping with that outer space, not Earth theme, uh, this is the Galaga medley from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Ooh, interesting. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. All right. Uh, John usually says peace out, everybody, but I feel like I should have my own closer. What What should I do for my closer, guys? Any suggestions? I'm you, sorry. Like, say some kind of like Linux code or something. Or just, like, say, I'm sorry for half-assing my way through this. Exec VE into a new process, everybody. Peace out, y'all. guys hope this is in order uh let's see half-life 2 episode 2 is copyright 2007 valve corporation castlevania aria of sorrow is copyright 2003 konami silent scope is copyright 2002 konami perfect dark is copyright 2000 rare starlink battle for atlas is copyright uh 20 oh wow 2018 ubisoft I'm sorry, guys. I'm really drunk, and I just started David's game. Let me let me get a fresh take. Everyone, sh- everyone, shut up. <laughs>